Did you know that we are actually going to be at Gabby's this freaking Saturday? If you're listening to uh, this podcast, the day came out, it is freaking tomorrow. We'll be in Lacey, November Washington. November 4th. Hell yeah. November 4th, Lacey, Washington. Pretty much Olivia. Um, we're going to be at Gabby's. Shout out. One of the dopest card shops around. Um, and they're having their Challenger series, right? The finals and their Challenger series. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we are actually going to be joining follow us on our Twitch because we're going to be live streaming top table, the best players. The meta at this shop is insane. The heat is real. So we're going to be doing top table and we're going to be doing commentating on it. So come through, say what's up. If you see us there in person or if you see us on in chat. Yeah, definitely. Like uh, we've done some uh, recaps of tournaments at Gabby's as podcast episodes. So uh, check those out as well. Yeah, excited to bring yeah. you guys actual footage from, uh, you know, for some from some new tournaments that aren't online that you could just watch yourselves. Yep. Plenty of content coming up soon. Welcome to the Mock Stars Podcast. My name is Evan Kunai. I am one of your three hosts. I'm here with Jordan Garcia. Yo! And Christopher Ritter. Wah, wah, wee, wah. <laughs> <laughs> you said I couldn't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, for... I, I didn't say that. I, I merely <laughs> described uh, the act of hearing it. <laughs> How do you feel saying it? Yeah, how did that feel? Not great either. Freeing? Let us yeah. know how that felt in, in the comments below. Welcome back to the show. We are the number one podcast on the internet for Magic the Gathering and Dr. Pepper. And if you forgot some Stars podcast, you can find us on YouTube. You can subscribe, like, and hit that bell for more notifications. New episodes every single Friday. And you're probably listening to this on a Friday. So sweet deal. Happy Friday, dog. Awesome. We're also on Spotify and all major podcasting platforms. You can find us there. Leave a five-star review. It makes us look super duper cool. You can join our Discord server where we're having constant conversation about one of our topics today. And we also have a Patreon where we're uh, offering a Pepperhead tier, which is a tier where you get access to two private channels on our Discord server. It's basically a supporter role, but you get to contribute to our content. Uh, today, we are opening up our conversation with a Shower Thought, one of the private channels on the Discord server, if you sign up to be a Pepperhead. Today, John, usable object, well, yesterday he wrote us a comment and Usable object is uh, his name on Discord, not, <laughs> yes. not describing John. John is a usable yeah. object. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> John, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it that way. Um, one but, of our patrons, bro. You did yeah, one of our dirty. patrons. Oh, and huge shout out to all of our patrons who are supporting the show so far. You're all gangsters. Thank you. Thank you so much. Jordan, kick us off. What did John have to say? John... The boys were having a little convo, and a uh, usable object here uh, kind of had some good things to say. He's from the Gabby meta, right? From, you know, uh, Olympia plays at a lot of the local tournaments here in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, and they're talking about Thassa's Oracle. They're talking about uh, kind of, is it still good? Is it still relevant? Is it as good as it used to be? Is it as dominating? Um, and that's the question we're kind of asking today. Is it... Is it as good as it used to be? There's new things coming out all the time where there is interaction, ways to stop it, uh, stacks that just prevent it in the first place. Like, 
more and more and more decks have answers to this. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you're answering the question right there. That's what makes it less good. It's as good, like the card itself is as, it's still the same efficient win con, um, but now decks, because it's so efficient and so many decks run it, like decks pack the interaction for it. Yeah, I mean, we, the thing is, we still hear all the time like how sick of losing to Thassa's Oracle people are. Like, especially at tournaments, I hear it a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. People feel it's very, it's stale at this point. Um, or just like... Very like, boring. They have had a long fight throughout the game, and they felt like everybody had equal part in it, or maybe someone didn't have an equal part in it, but then was just able to assemble Thassa's Oracle to Mono Constellation, and it doesn't feel as satisfying to them. And I feel like if you've gone to a few tournaments, that's happened to you. Like, oh, it, it definitely happens. It's happened to me a few times, and it's really frustrating when the person who's been out of the game, not interacting, not contributing at all, finally gets to three mana, and they jam that Thoracle Consult and win the game. But I, I mean, isn't that on you for losing to such an easily interacted with WinCon? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, you know, because like they just basically bided their time, and while everyone else interacted with the other players trying to win the game, they just found shot the gap at the right time. Like yeah. that's what it comes down to. So like, I do need to put in a lot of effort to win games. Sometimes no. Like sometimes the cart, like the RNG is just not in your favor. You don't pick up enough mana. You don't pick up lands. You don't have the interaction, but the game just so happens to spin and continue down the road for you to actually win with, with that type of win condition, something so easy and two card combo like. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's still the best in the format, but um, like Yusuf uh, Andrek was saying, like he feels like it's not that good anymore. Was maybe based off of his own meta, uh, the Gabby's meta, which I know everybody there plays so much stuff to hate on it, like endurance is everywhere. You know, mm-hmm. whatever the thing that forces the draw with the removal by costing... Baleful Master. Baleful Master, yeah. Like, yeah. These are cards that people just... Carry masterminds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, all of these things are just, one, have come out very recently and have been come, you know, good enough to size out other cards out of lists. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that they incidentally also snuff Thoracle wins means like people are targeting these cards because they're wisening up. If you're sick of losing to Thoracle, play all the cards that stop Thoracle from winning. There will become a critical mass of that and it'll stop being a good card. Well, it's also like the things that stop Thoracle is because of the nature of it, because it's a creature, because you already want to play, say, Dress Down or Tail's End or Stifle type effects and things like that. You can stop Thassa's Oracle from winning with effects that aren't dead cards otherwise. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, it's probably the greatest shout. I think Dress Down is like absolutely mandatory to play these days oh, like i think it is one of the auto includes in blue now that was our takeaway from that tournament or at least mine yeah. from that last tournament was creatures are everywhere creatures are dominant and as we had in that last conversation or one of our previous conversations um etbs are incredibly aggressive uh and stopping them there's very few cards to do that so yeah. uh yeah dress down is definitely a huge card in that category none of this is, is mind you not even talking about what white brings to the table for this. I mean, mother of machines, Elish Norn has just mm-hmm. become a staple in a lot of decks. And that just flat out says thoughts Oracle does nothing. Yeah. And I mean, it's a weird meta right now. And I think that John is right to say that, you know, his, his meta definitely affects the efficacy of 
Thassa's Oracle on the game because a lot of these guys have seen Atlas win over and over again with Kenrith. And Ke- so Kenrith is more present in their pods than I would say in other regions. Maybe Kenrith is rising across the nation, but they see it a lot. And Kenrith also has that fairy mastermind type effect on I mean, it. Yeah, and Atlas is protect. also... Right. Atlas yeah. is also not even the only the Ken, only Kenrith player locally that is like a very good player. Right. There's a, it is prevalent here. So yeah, that... That ability to play the mid game and then threaten someone with like, you know, cast Kenrith, hold four mana, you know, like for anybody who dares threaten the Thassa's Oracle win, you know, if they, no one does, I just draw a card. Yeah. And now there's play. just more options for more decks to be able to essentially do the similar thing or, yeah. or stop it in their own way. I mean, I play Thassa's Oracle Demonic Constellation all the time. And in tournament, like I just played uh, like Turbo Najil in the last tournament and it feels very scary trying to go with oracle demonic consultation because it seems so simple but like people are going to stop you people will have interaction like i the amount of times i resolve it is it is not even close to 50 percent. yeah it's one of those things where even like i think you have to have some sort of silence or ranger captain effect yeah that's what he was saying yeah feel truly confident in like diving for the win like there you like to go for it um, there's just some opportunities where it's just like you have the, the opportunity to, to present it on turn two and you have to ask yourself the question like is that better than me going into a longer game and letting these decks that are probably better at establishing mid games like letting them flourish longer yeah that's it, always the question i'm always asking myself it always feels like a really like in John also says, you know, it feels like a dead card in your hand sometimes. And it really is a dead card in your hand when you go or like when you pick up a hand that has a ton of interaction, you need to be able to like stop someone from winning. And the only blue card you have to pitch in your hand is a Thassa's Oracle. And then it's like, well, there goes that. It's useful in the way that it continues the game. But there are a lot of combos out there that, well, pretty much will cycle through whatever they're doing, draw their entire library, play Thassa's Oracle and win the game. So uh, there is the risk in just picking it up, it being dead and or maybe even fodder to a free, you know, like a force of will or a force of negation. So it actually, it carries value in that sense that you're able to cast that spell for without paying its cost, but you've just lost that option. Um, yeah, it depends further like, down the if game. that's like your main win condition or not. Right. Like, I mean, it's not even... Yeah, it's not in Najila, obviously. There's tons of options. I, I, right. I mean, I think the value of Thassa's Oracle is that it's such a low investment. Like, exactly. You know, you're assigning two, maybe three cards in your deck to it, um, and two, maybe three of those cards are not dead cards. Yeah, you have to accept the fact that yeah. Thoracle and Demonic Consultation suck, but Tainted Pact, if you're smart, is a very good card. Yeah. It's like a very, very good card. Mm-hmm. And in, uh, that one, unlike fishing Thoracle, the Force of Will, that feels bad. Casting Tainted Pack for not winning the game usually either wins you the game or does something very impactful in that game still. So I never feel bad like using that instead of just trying to sandbag it for the win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll we'll see like the trajectory of the card because it's like right now people are starting to see the see its faults. Um there are more faults being printed all yes, the time. Right, yeah. Like new cards coming into the mix that like make it a less effective. While it is still incredibly efficient 
a less effective win con at but the I, end of the I day. I mean, you still have to respect it, right? Oh, 100%. That, that shows its power. Like, no. you still got to guard and bead with three people. Yeah, I, wa- <laughs> I, you know? I want to get to the I point mean, where enough people think it's not good, so people stop playing it, and st- people stop teching against it, and then that of- way I can keep playing it and then keep winning. I mean, the amount of people who took Ristic Study out of their decks because they thought it was... Bingo. Yeah, fading. Was, it, like, you should take Sylvan Library out of your decks. You should not take Ristic Study out of your deck. And... Uh, you know, it's like I play Hushbringer, I play Mother Machines as well, and those are my contingencies. Like in the colors I like to play, green, white, uh, red, it just like in Naya, there is no true interaction for it. There's only stacks, and like I can't really stop a Thorical win unless it's a red elemental blast or something. So right. it gets to be like in your colors, depending on what lane you choose, your interaction suite might be limited. And so, yeah, you have to absolutely respect it because you're not there yet and you have to be able to get there. Stacks is usually like the most, I guess, the most effective way. Hushbringer just shuts down Dockside and uh, a lot of other things too. Endurance also. Yeah, shuts down Endurance. No, Earl. Endurance also shuts down Thoracle. Oh, right. Yeah, you can use. Yeah, you can use endurance to like save the day too. That happened to me at the tournament. Ooh. Yeah, I was sad. Ouch. I was so close. Well, all right. That was a wonderful shower thought presented by John. I feel like I'm in the shower with him right now. The usable object. <laughs> <laughs> Not. It's his Discord handle. Just clarify. Okay. And uh, we have. A very, well, this is very topical in the moment because today uh, we just saw these decks being spoiled for the first time. Today's main subject, the things we want to talk about and put a lot of detail and talk about, is the pre-cons revealed today for the uh, Caverns of Ixalan. Perfect. I almost almost said it (laughs) wrong. Nailed it. Uh, yeah, we are kind of asking the question today, right? Because semi-recently we, there was a, a price ri- raise, rise, raise, price raise on uh, the pre-con decks, right? So um, we have had some criticisms in the past um, on like, you know, kind of the quality of the decks, how playable they are out of the box and stuff like that. So kind of like circling back, you know, we haven't bought a ton of these as of late. Um What's our vibe? Like, are they worth the cost, and are they a good entry point for new people trying to get into Commander? Well, as what's well? the new cost on these? Devin. fifty or sixty. Uh, so I can answer that at least in the case of Ahoy Mates, the Grixis Pirates one. Um, you well until the price drops on it, you're gonna get value. You're gonna get that fifty whatever value out of it because you have black market connections in there. Um, you have Windfall. Um, and then you have a handful of other cards that get you to that value point for sure. It looks um, like you can get all four for about one fifty. Some of them are a few different prices, ranging from yeah. forty to sixty. Mm-hmm. Amazon is one seventy, one sixty six for all four. For all four. Okay, yeah, I mean, really good deal on these yeah. for sure. Like, yeah, as Chris was saying, like some really solid reprints. Malcolm's in there. How much is Malcolm? He's cheap. Oh, okay, I didn't. Yeah, but I think like more than even just looking at the financial investment of this, I want to like look at how how viable as it is like out of the box for somebody new to have some good cards to start playing and actually feel like they have a place in that game well uh same answer this deck that i'm talking about has uh malcolm if you're looking to make a better deck and also uh breaches if you're looking to make a better deck true you could either of those are lines to get there totally yeah and we have a well a blatant lie presented to us 
in the past six months where I believe Gavin Verhey had said that they are not going to design just like open-ended partner cards anymore. But in this pre-con, we actually get one. Um, for whatever reason, it is... Oh, the flavor on this is out of control. Francisco. Francisco. Yeah, Falmer Order. Yep. What? The Parrot Pirate. Uh, yeah, this card rolls. It's a uh, one black, one colorless uh, Parrot Pirate partner. Bird Pirate, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I don't even know what the... What the ability is on it but let's I just like the idea of it yeah to uh to just clarify the reason why we're not be able to pull up that ability is that these decks were spoiled we are currently on wizards of the coast website where all the deck lists are posted if you tap on any of the new cards at the moment you cannot see them you have to go to a different platform and see it for yourself actually that one's not on a uh, scryfall right now either i gotta oh don't worry i've got you here Right, so I'm a Mythic Spoiler user, mm. and I can find it no problem. Shout out Mythic Spoiler. Sponsorship question mark? Francisco filed Marauder, one in a black, flying. It cannot block, but it is a zero one. Whenever one or more pirates you control deal combat damage to a player, Francisco explores. So uh, if you're unfamiliar with the explore mechanic, what it allows you to do is reveal the top card of your library. If it's a land, it goes into your hand end of effect but if it's a non-land card you can either choose to keep it on top or put it in the graveyard and then you put a plus one plus one counter on the creature that explored and it ha- and it has just partner and it just has flat out it's partner, partner. Yep. yep so demir malcolm let's go well make it work. why would you take tim no way <laughs> you know it's like you have um now have partner color commander uh, partner commanders in every color for pirates actually though oh well let's go yeah. Show. I'm sure that you, I'm sure you could do some silly stuff with this for sure. Yeah. So uh, we're just going to go ahead and start with this pirate precon. Uh, there are a lot of well, in each deck there are nine new cards. I think that's sort of like the standard now is that they want to uh, yeah basically have nine new cards in every single precon moving forward. So uh, what is the commander of this deck? Yeah, it is. Doot, doot, doot. Uh, a new Admiral Beckett Brass. Yes, Admiral Brass, unsinkable. Five mana, two blue, black, red. When Admiral Admiral Brass, unsinkable, enters the battlefield, mill four cards. At the beginning of combat on your turn, you may return target pirate card from your graveyard to the battlefield with a finality counter on it. It has base power and toughness 4-4. Four, four. It gains haste until end of turn. If you don't know what a finality counter is, when that creature Me leaves either. the battlefield, you exile it instead of putting it anywhere else. Okay. And- you know what? I kind of love the alternate commander on here because the piracy flavor is super strong on this one. Don Andres, the Renegade. Each creature you control but don't own gets plus two, plus two, has menace and death touch, and it is a pirate. And Ooh. in addition to its other types, whenever you cast a non-creature spell you don't own, create two tap treasure tokens. You cast so it's, it's, it's recruiting new own. pirates. It's doing piracy, stealing your stuff. Like Atali super- wants to be a part of this. Yeah. Okay. Super fun. That's pretty cool. No, yeah. I like that. That's very cool. Um, just to clarify the wording on the finality counter, um, if a creature with a finality counter on it would die, exile it instead. So you can actually return it to your hand. Oh, and, uh, yeah, you know, true. So you could yeah, this is an interesting new little mechanic. You know, with exile, Instead of saying exile at end step, they've created this whole new counter. I wonder why. 
I don't know. I felt like they still had play space. They could have just been like, hey, this thing has undying or something. Yeah. And it would have been fine. But yeah, I didn't even think about what you said, like flickering it, you know, uh, display circuit is blue. Yep. You know? So yep. there's e- that. Easy enough, you know. Um, or if you want to like actually find something that removes counters, but honestly just feels like easier to flicker it. Yeah, they are sort of like capping these commanders. Um, I, I think it's wise. You know, it's never a great idea to just like open keep it very well we've learned our lesson from keeping cards very open-ended um this one is just one trigger per turn to return a uh, pirate from your graveyard to the battlefield notably what's missing from this list dockside which would have been a great reprint great value but we are still getting great value you're getting ragavan as a token but (laughs) (laughs) i was like did i miss something no you got kari zev yeah so um you actually don't get the dock side here, but you do get, uh, where is it? It's Black Market Connections, which is, well, an expensive card now. It's uh, almost $20. It is two and a black, and you get to choose three options. I'm sure if you've watched Command Zone or anything like that, you can just, the full send joke is always present with it. Um, but let's see, you get Time Stream Navigator, which was rising in price. Let's see. There's so much actually like flavor in this deck. You get actual Admi- Admiral Beckett Brass from the Ixalan uh, main set. You get a Hostage Taker, Siren Storm Tamer. It just seems like a very synergistic deck. And then all of the new cards are also really good. Yeah, I like this. Uh, the Indomitable. This is a very cool vehicle. It's uh, also it's a it's a pirate ship. It's dope. It's uh, yeah. two blue blue for a legendary artifact vehicle. Six six with trample. Uh, whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. That's a pretty thick, th- pretty sick thing to have stapled to a vehicle or just an artifact in general. Totally. Um, not to mention that it could come to life and swing for six. It has crew three, and it also says you may cast the indomitable, indomitable from your graveyard as long as you control three or more tapped pirates and or vehicles. I love that. It's just like mm-hmm. all out, just swinging with pirates, recasting this crazy ass ship. I do like, there's another artifact in here. It's called the Grim Captain's Locker. Yes. Three and a black for legendary artifact. Tap surveil one also has tap until end of turn. Each creature card in your graveyard gains escape three and a black exile four other cards from your graveyard. Okay. That seems like you can do some shit with it. Yeah. The only thing is that once the card leaves the graveyard, is a new permanent. It loses that ability. It doesn't go back to the graveyard and continue having escape. So you kind of get like a one-off for what it, you can't really like loop anything through it. Not individually. For right. Sure. But uh, I still feel like there's some, you got to be able to do something. Yeah. To like reanimate a Technomancer to start your dockside loops isn't like too bad. I think that you could like even just hitting dockside off of this, if you know it's going to be mana positive is uh, actually not too bad of a deal. Um, we also got Stormfleet Negotiator, two in a blue for a Siren Pirate flying 2-2 with Parlay. Whenever Stormfleet Negotiator attacks, each player reveals the top card of their library. For each non-land card revealed this way, you create a map token, then each player draws a card. I have a question. What is a map token? <laughs> a map, map token. Map token is pay one tap, sack, and then uh, target creature explores. Target creature explores, which yeah. remind me what explore is? Uh, you look at the top card. You reveal the top card of your library. Or no, you look at it. You don't have to reveal it. Uh, if it's a land, you may reveal it, put it in your hand. If it's a non-land, um, 
you can leave it on top or yeah, put it in your graveyard. You, you do have to reveal it? Yep. Ha, thank you, Ritter. Um, so reveal it. Land, hand, not land, top, graveyard, put a plus one, plus one counter on something. Oh, you can put it in the graveyard instead if you yeah. bet. Okay. So, um, so many new things, so many new counters. Uh, the next deck we're going to talk about is the Blood Rites deck. Uh, the vampire, uh, black, white vampire deck that has a also i feel like this is the first card that got spoiled yeah i think they were i think the first like the face commanders were like the first cards we got spoiled from this entire set so this is at least the first one i saw was uh this guy i have no idea how to pronounce this name i right, give it a shot dude oh god clavileno actually that's pretty good clavileno man they are going for it with this set Clavileno, yeah. first of the blessed. One white black for a vampire cleric, 2-2. Two, two. Whenever you attack, target attacking vampire isn't a demon. That isn't a demon. Becomes a demon in addition to its other types. It gains when this creature dies. Draw a card and create a tapped 4-3 white and black vampire demon creature token with flying. That's a lot of words. Hey, at least they didn't add a new counter or type of anything with that outside game mechanic. Uh, there is also the secondary commander, Carmen, Cruel Sky Marcher, which I actually think this card's a little bit better. Three and a white and a black, flying. Whenever a player sacrifices a permanent, put a plus one, plus one counter on Carmen, Cruel Sky Marcher, and you gain one life. When Carmen attacks, return up to one target permanent card with mana value less than or equal to Carmen's power from your graveyard to the battlefield. I think Damn. people sacrifice permanents quite a lot. So this thing could get big fast. It's just a high investment for a 2-2. Two -two. It's a flyer, too. Yep, it's a flyer. So you can definitely knock That's somebody. That's pretty fun. I mean, I could it. see building like a casual deck like with this. This seems pretty sick. Yeah, and just like the reanimation ability is... I think you're going to be able to get to like five. Uh, you could do some scary stuff with that, I feel. Yeah, like five counters is not unrealistic to happen in a single turn, like go around, especially with how prevalent treasures are. Yeah. No, this is pretty cool. Uh, any any notable new cards from this deck? I think people people were very excited about the. Is it uh, exquisite blood reprint? So oh, um, reprint. Okay. Yeah. Let's go. So exquisite blood's getting a reprint. The value on this deck is not as great as uh, the pirate deck. Obviously, getting black market connect black market connections is uh, a huge bonus. But uh, I think that we're at the point now with vampires that they've all the re all the valuable vampires out there that were there like five years ago and were like twenty or thirty dollars a piece. Um, you know, even looking at Twilight Profit, Twilight Profit's now like less than five dollars, and it's getting reprinted now in this deck. Blood Gas used to be twenty four yeah. years ago. What is it now? Uh, probably close to two or three dollars. Nothing. Yeah I, yeah, I have no idea. I haven't even looked. So all of these cards that have a have like a reputation for being great in other formats are now being plugged into these decks so when you look through the list you actually see like a lot of vampires that are powerful or great or have a lot of synergy they've just dropped in value so much that the deck here doesn't actually hold up so like alenda uh dusk rose is one of those things where it's like it was reprinted in double masters reprinted in the ground had another reprint blah blah blah, blah this at this so we just aren't seeing like a ton of value here in the creatures. You're getting most of your value outside of that. Blade of the Blood Chief uh, was almost a $10 equipment. So, um, yeah. 
really great. I, I think in the deck itself is going to come out of the box and do the thing it needs to do, which is put a lot of vampires on the battlefield. And then when they die, they become bigger vampires that fly. Here's an interesting card. March of the canonized. It's a new card in this set uh, or in this precon X white, white for an enchantment. So it's giving me like uh meat hook massacre vibes. Uh, Except when March of the Canonized enters the battlefield, create X 1 1 vampire creature tokens with lifelink. At the beginning of your upkeep, if your devotion to white and black is seven or greater, create a 4 3 white and black vampire demon creature token with flying. And it contributes two to that. So you only have to do five more? Correct. Doesn't seem too bad. I just think it's funny that it lets you create tokens on the front end and then gives you payoff for tokens on the back end with tokens within the back end. And none of those help with the devotion whatsoever. Wow. And then, they, yeah, they gave this deck um, board white protection. Dusk Legion Sergeant is a 2-2 menace and you can pay two mana, sack it. Each non-token vampire you control gains persist until end of turn. So uh, a great way to like save your board when you're just trying to like yeah that's tight yeah clean it's almost out. like a like a black uh, selfless savior kind of effect yeah oh man master of dark rites a one mana vampire cleric one one tap sacrifice another creature add three black mana to your pool spend this mana only to cast vampire cleric and or demon spells bro if this was like a standard deck or a standard legal card this would do some crazy I stuff. think this card just has merit on its lo- on its own I think you could actually play this in like edgar markov and kind of go nutty dude yeah just all like the turbo. tokens yeah you just because you create a token off of this you just oh, tap vampires. it sack it and you turbo yeah, to edgar vamp- oh my god this is actually an auto included edgar deck so yeah what the hell so, that's crazy yeah i think that you could actually see some pretty aggressive edgar decks like coming out of like the fringe category yo well here you go this is like a, a top end kind of a finisher because i feel like these decks make a lot of tokens but don't have like a crater hoof kind of effect in these colors check this yeah. out order of sacred dusk Ec- or six white black for a vampire knight five five it has convoke which is hot awesome it also has flying lifelink and haste and it also says exalted Whenever, which is whenever a creature you can control attacks alone, that creature gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. And then it says other vampires you control have exalted. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty awesome, actually, because uh, I don't know if you've ever played like Rafika the Many. Very similar effect. But uh, yeah, this enters the battlefield after you tap out potentially eight vampires. So it can potentially you totally could just you could just be a nine plus nine plus nine if you can. Yeah, if you devoted, if everything you'd use to cast it was a creature. So just right off the bat. Yeah, that's actually nutty with with haste Yeah, in the air and a lifelink. This is just a haymaker of a card. Yeah, it's going to be a 14-14, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's And that's tw- not counting if you have even more vampires on the battlefield. So right. this could be, yeah, definitely a finisher that I don't think anybody's really going to see coming. Yeah, this is honestly tight. This is more cards like what this is what we need. Yeah, that's that's a really fun commander deck. 100%. All right, oh. Evan, let's talk about the card, the deck you're excited about. Velociraptor! Yes. Yeah. What, what is the... It's obviously Naya. It's Naya! It's all about dinosaurs! What does the commander do? Uh, Punch Laza! Oh my god, we talked about this. Yes, Never mind. Moving it is. Moving on. <laughs> 
Hunt Laza is so amazing. It is two red, green, and a white. Enters the battlefield or another dinosaur enters the battlefield under your control. You may discover X where X is that creature's toughness. Do this only once each turn. We talked about it on a previous episode, but Pont Pont Laza is a food chain outlet that you can use to cast everything for less uh, from your library and set up a lot of really cool wins. You can buff it and do even more. That'd be great, but... I think we've talked about that enough. It can be a competitive competitive deck, and I think that people are going to start like uh, testing it out. It's probably never going to get past Fringe, but we'll see. Uh, the backup commander, the secondary commander, which I think is way more interesting of a dinosaur build around, is Weta, Trainer Prodigy. One of each, so red, green, and white. Legendary Human Warrior, a 1-5 with haste. You can pay two and a green, tap target creature you control fights another target creature this ability costs two less to activate if it targets two creatures you control wait what target creature control fights another target creature this ability costs two less to activate. that's crazy yeah so uh you can tap why would you do that uh well just wait until you hear this next little line if a creature you control being dealt damage causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger that ability triggers an additional time. It's all built around Enrage. Oh, it's a because this it's, is sick because it's a one five. There's also a reprint of Temple Altasaur in the deck that if a source would deal damage to another dinosaur you control, prevent all but one of that damage. Oh, so, word. Yeah, yeah. So it's actually pretty cool because you can like Blasphemous Act and just like everything's dealt one damage. You get all your triggers, double those triggers, and everyone else loses their board. So uh, this is a really cool commander because it's like hitting your dinosaurs against each other to uh, make them stronger or make to trigger their effects. Dude, this uh, plus like Brash Taunter or Stuffy Doll is nuts. Yeah, yeah, because they're small. I mean, well, because they re-trigger the damage to another person, so now you're doubling all damage dealt to them. Yeah, I, I'm... Uh, yeah, I mean, you got Apex Altasaur right in the deck. You can... You have the colors to throw. This is actually... Taunter. This is super cool. Yep. This is super duper cool. So, yeah, the... This is actually seems like a really fun uh, commander deck to, to build around. Definitely casual. Uh, the cost reduction is what makes it viable for me to be able to pay a green and tap. So you can actually pay a red, green, and a white to cast Weta and then immediately pay one green and tap it because it has haste to start triggering your getting your enrage triggers. Um, we also have a lot of really great reprints in this deck. The thing is that uh, a lot of people were complaining online saying that uh, 39 lands is a bit high of a land count for a precon, even of this like high mana value. But the average like mana value of a creature in this deck is five. It's also not running dorks or rocks besides Soul Ring and Arcane Signet. Maybe, yeah. Maybe a few upgrades to consider for the deck. Yeah. This one, yeah, definitely needs some upgrades. They just printed basically, well, Zatalpa EDH All Star. Um, and then we have Awakening Sun's Avatar, which I don't think needed the reprint for this. Like I said, we've just seen reprints of these cards already, and so they their values are starting to drop, so they're more comfortable putting them into commander decks and into precons. Here's a card I really like. This is actually one of the new ones from this deck. Um, Scion of Calamity. This is just such a green card. It's so unbelievably green. Oh, it's yeah. a five mana five five, because of course, it is a dinosaur with three heads. And has Myriad, which is so lit. Mm -hmm. um, if you don't know what Myriad is, essentially when you attack for each other opponent uh, that's not getting attacked, you create a token attacking it. 
copy token of that creature. He says, uh, when Scion of Calamity deals combat damage to a player, destroy a target artifact or enchantment that player controls. This gives me kind of Kogla vibes, but like different. Totally. Scaled. And just it's just a wrecking machine because it's like if you don't want what your risk study to get destroyed, you have to let something die. Yeah, being five mana is actually not that high of a cost for this uh, to be able to swing with 15 power. Exactly. Like basically yeah. every this, turn. This is a damage-dealing machine, and it's just going to destroy everything. It's going to be like, yeah, I don't even need to. I want to just hit you for five. I will destroy your soul ring. That is gone now. I wish it had trample. <laughs> I wish it had trample. That would be sick. But. Yeah. It, then there's another dinosaur in here. This one's actually uh, curious to me. Curious Altasaur. Three and a green. A 2-5 Vigilance Reach. Whenever a dinosaur you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. Yep. So, uh, it Obviously, really great in this deck, especially when you're uh, maybe having Weta as the commander. Um, but yeah, you're just getting... I know it doesn't like trigger it because it doesn't have any rage or whatever, but you're playing dinosaurs. It's going to be a great card in there. You're going to be swinging in with Gisheth and drawing a card off the Gisheth trigger, which is pretty cool. Yeah, uh, Wrathful Raptors is a new card for four and a red. Trample 5-5. Five five. Uh, and whenever a dinosaur you control is dealt damage, it deals that much damage to any target that isn't a dinosaur. So there are stuffy doll things you can definitely do. Yeah, so this this deck is getting crazy and crazier. Well, this actually interacts with Weta really well, too, because it, it doesn't say enrage, but it basically does, right? So if damage dealt to a permanent you control or a creature you control, it would trigger a second time. So you actually get two damage triggers off of the whole thing, which is pretty sweet. Yeah, you're, and then if that's a stuffy doll, that's essentially like, was that th- three or four triggers yeah. like of damage? Yeah, yeah, it would just it be, it'd be crazy. It goes nuts. I love that, actually. I kind of want to play this deck. Low-key, I think all of the all of the mechanics are super fun, and the flavors there, like, these are actually great decks. Yeah, these are going to be easy enough to, like, bust out the box and actually, well, not sit there and dawdle, I think, is uh, a big, right. like, a big... Uh, criticism that we've had in the past with commander decks is that they come out the box like and sometimes they don't have a direction like what am i doing yeah. this has a firm direction of what it wants to do right um also i just want to shout out another card that's new in this deck shout out uh this is just going to be an awesome like tribal staple in any deck in any color if you like tribal cards or decks progenitors icon for three colorless mana artifact uh when it etbs choose a creature type it taps for one mana of any color which we see a lot of three mana, one mana of any color artifacts. Um, but it also taps and says the next spell of the chosen type you cast this turn can be cast as though it had flash. So, I mean, a pretty decent color fixing, like say you're playing slivers or whatever, like that is your five colors. So that's a great color fix. And now you're flashing and stuff like that's awesome. Yeah, I think it's uh, like definitely a commander. You could say it, it could be a commander staple because it just allows you to basically give your uh commanders flash whenever you want you know it's like totally i think it, yeah yeah or if you have like your commander plus like three or four other cards that happen to be the same yeah have, have an overlap you know it's like kind of having cavern or souls same kind of thought um i think it's interesting just uh it kind of gives a little little more legs a little more gas to those kind of decks all right and we have one more deck to talk about uh the pre-cons here uh are obviously very exciting but this one i feel like like a lot of people just shuffle this one to the back, but they shouldn't. This deck actually looks like it hits. It is uh, the Explorers, or it is uh, Explorers of the Deep, Green Blue Merfolk deck. Yeah, the, no, there's there's just a 
tons of synergies there. Yes. There's a bunch of lords printed in there already. Like I think they put every lord and every like uh every uh, plus one plus one counter anything in I, here. I think they're missing Lord of Atlantis and that might be the the missing one. And yeah. Is that uh reserve list? Uh don't think, don't think so. so. I, of, but are you sure? Okay. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe, but okay, yeah, what no, is they got a ton though? in there. Uh, so do? yeah, hawk ball. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> the surging soul. Perfect. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, it's a legendary creature, Merfolk Scout. As a three-three, at the beginning of combat on your turn, each Merfolk you control explores. Uh, yeah, we explained that a few times. Exploring is really cool. When Hawk Ball of the Surging Soul attacks, you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield if you don't draw a card. Now, this has been my biggest complaint with Explore, um, well, since its, uh, release in the original Ixalan, is that when you reveal a land card, you get nothing basically from it it comes to your hand and if it's an inopportune moment like it's your land yeah you drew a land like woo. sometimes not what you wanted to have happen yeah so this actually gives like used to it so you can uh actually ramp from it you can move forward you know if you don't put a land down well this is actually crazy actually draw a card that yeah replaces it or whatever yeah it has no downside and this is crazy because it says for each merfolk you get a lot of merfolk sometimes oh yeah yeah, yeah. So just go to combat one time. You have like five Merfolk, cast him, go to combat. Like in, like I said, you can just move cards out of the way. Every time a creature explores, you can put it in the grave instead. So you can just keep looking and looking and looking yeah. and looking. Or pick up four lands and drop four lands all yeah. of a sudden. Untaps. Yeah, well, it... Uh, oh, it only you only get one land trigger. One, one. It's only when Hawk Ball uh, attacks is when you get to put a land down. So Oh, you're right. Sorry. Yep. Otherwise, you get it to your hand. Your hand size is going to be crazy with this deck. Um, the backup commander... Oh, yeah. Let me hear it. Zolotoyak. Full send. Sholotoyak. I think that's probably the way it's pronounced. That sounds about right. Sholotoyak. The Smiling Flood. Four green and a white salamander serpent. Oh, I hope this is busted. Whenever Sholotoyak, the Smiling Flood, enters a battlefield or attacks, put a flood counter on target land. That land is an island in addition to its other types for as long as it Let's has a flood go. counter. At the beginning of your end step, untap each permanent you control with a counter on it. Oh my god, I'm building this. You guys are going to hate this fucking deck. <laughs> it's it's a- honestly kind of amazing. Um I read it for the first time, and I was like, you know, this is Shades of AC. Well, I, I mean, it's Seedborn oh Muse in the in the uh, God, yeah. yeah. Oh my. Plus, it's so it's Seedborn Muse stapling on a uh, Quicksilver Fountain. Yes, with well, an ETB, brother. That is uh, Displacer Kitten. You're all tapping for blue across the board. Well, well, I mean, the thing is, it doesn't. It is addition to their other types when it puts a counter on there. It doesn't remove the land. No. Yeah, I know, because that's what I thought too. I was like, you Never know, mind what? It sucks, this is actually really good because you can shut off, but no, you can't. Fuck. Why would you take that away from me, Wizards? <laughs> That'd be so sick, bro. Quicksilver Fountain is a In great addition card. to its other types. Well, I'm pretty sure if you played. I'm not sure if Quicksilver Fountain like interacts with this at all, but uh, it's still probably worth playing. Uh, yeah, because it, it uh, untaps each permanent you control with a counter on it, so you can still. I put, mean, there's that, but yeah, you can still put flood counters on other people's things. All right, so uh, but it, but it's you know the key thing is untap each permanent you control with a counter on it. It's any type of counter. So yes. so think about it, like you know your gemstone, uh, if your gemstone caverns entered with a luck counter. If 
Wow, that's, actually, that's a fair point. Yeah, that's a fair there's point. lots of things that are going to have counters. Incidentally, um, you're in Simic colors. You're going to throw plus one, plus one counters on things. Yeah, I mean, Kumena is in here, so you can yeah. tap a certain number of Merfolk to put plus one, plus one counters on all of them. Uh, uh, that's interesting. Then there's, no, it's, even with the Explorer on everything. Yeah, yeah, that too. The Explorer, just like you have potential to get counters. No, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then Price, Prime Speaker Zagana in there just to like put more counters on things. It's not quite as disgusting. Voral of the Hulklade has the ability to double counters. Yeah, um, you might want to throw like Gyre Sage in here or something. Oh, yeah, I think that's like... That would our, be like, you could get hella mana off yeah, that. They yeah. put Evolution Sage in here for the Proliferate. What else? The... Yeah, I think yeah, I think Gyre Sage with any of the Evolve mechanics uh, are going to go great here. Um, Whoa, here's an interesting new card printed in this. Yeah. Ripples of Potential. Instant for one and a blue. That sounds like it does something. It has potential. Whoa. Uh, instant for one and a blue. Proliferate. Then... Choose any number of permanents you control that had a counter put on them this way. Those permanents phase out. Wow. That seems interesting. Yeah. I uh, can. It, it's board wipe protection. Yeah. Um, but it ha requires a little bit of setup. I think this... Hmm. I mean, note that you can... Uh, do this with uh, planeswalkers as well. You can get you know, planeswalkers. yeah, protected planeswalkers. Yeah, phase sweet. out. I mean, yeah, that just actually sounds like a great uh, super friends card. There's part of me that just believes right here that Sholatoyak is the better commander for the deck. They just needed to put a Merfolk on the front of the box so that it would be thematic. Merfolk with the I don't know. I think this other guy is actually going to be gas. I think every Merfolk uh, exploring at combat is going to be nutty. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's bad, but I think like the open endedness of Sholatoyak makes for like a more skill based deck building. So you could uh, you could actually create some really busted scenarios with it, where I guess the Merfolk commander really just wants to spawn like Merfolk tribal. Yeah, it has a lot of Merfolk. Make a lot of Merfolk. Hey, do Merfolk things. Here's another Merfolk lord. If you love playing a bunch of lords out, a what? Uh, Mist Dancer, four and a blue for a three-three flying Merfolk wizard. Other Merfolk you control get plus one plus zero oh, and have flying. That's a pretty nice finisher. Yeah, and then there's another. He also has Encore for five blue blue. Oh, what? Which is pretty toy. That's actually nice. Plus three plus three or plus three plus zero oh on all of your Merfolk with and flying. triple flying. And that's just alone. That that's each one's giving it another two. So each of these are five threes. Not including all your other Merfolk? Yep. Uh, topography Tracker, two and a green. If a creature you control would explore, instead it explores and explores again. So that's going to be a great card to be out. It's three mana, so it just curves right into your commander. Uh, I think this one, this deck in general, my overall view is that this one will win more games consistently if you're to play all of them against each other right out of the box. I just think that the out of all of them, this one is just going to amass so much value. There aren't like tons of widespread removal. There are a few board wipes throughout the like this one has a one sided board wipe called wave goodbye that returns all creatures to their owner's hands that don't have counters on them. So you can push everything back wave goodbye. That's yep. actually pretty tight. So like I think this one is going to like shoot out the gate, have a bunch of stuff low to the ground, have a bunch of lords and then we'll be punching for way more damage than you might expect. 
So especially if they're exploring, if every single Merfolk is exploring at the beginning of combat. Yeah, there's just, you know, we've talked before um, about how just whatever the cards are doing, as long as you have synergy, if you have enough synergy there, it's going to do something powerful. And that's just what what Merfolk excels at. Right. And look look at this deck list. There's enough passive things that whatever you're landing, it's just going to snowball. Yeah, like looking at your Simic Merfolk deck, right? Like it feels like there's a lot more like modernized synergies and strategies being added now that like totally go hand in hand with everything you're already doing and have existed, but just kind of gives it some like firm, you know, firm grounding in modern magic. Uh, I like, I really like this new card, Singer of Swift Rivers. One green blue is a creature, Merfolk Shaman, three, two with flash. And it says when he enters the battlefield, put a shield counter on another target creature you control. Yeah. Pretty sweet, like little combat trick or protection kind of thing. Board wipe protection, whatever. Uh, and then it also says you may cast Merfolk spells as though they had flash. So that's just like that's just a great Merfolk card now. Yep. All of a sudden that deck gets a little bit better every time something yeah. like that comes out. Allows you to play on your back foot instead of just always having to just creature, play it creature, out. Creature, straight. creature, lord. Creature, yeah. creature, creature, lord. You know, and there's a card from the main set, Deep Root Pilgrimage, that makes Kumena just like busted now. And it's a card that everyone's going to go out and get and plug into that deck if you still have it built. One in a blue enchantment. Whenever one or more non-token Merfolk you control become tapped create a 1-1 one, one blue merfolk creature token with hexproof. Yeah, no, that's nutty. You're basically able to, as long as you have non-token merfolk to tap for Kumena's ability, which is just tap one at a time if you want, you can just double, basically just double. exponentially double like your 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 battlefield. And then if you're playing, uh, you know, doubling season or whatever. Well, not exponentially, but you can double the number of non-token merfolk that you have. It gets crazy. Yeah, it gets big to where you it's not so hard to hit that like tap five merfolk put plus one plus one counters on all of them it gets a l- actually a lot easier okay so uh wrapping things up here what do you guys think about these precons i think they're getting better like and that's been well not necessarily the case all the time i think when we were looking at innistrad and crimson vow and stuff like that those decks were like ass like they were not good out of the box. They were mm-hmm. they were flat. The mana like bases were also just like lacking. But now that we've as a voice, as a collective voice, the community has come forward and said, Hey, these aren't good enough. Why are we being charged more money for decks that just well aren't good enough anymore? And so they're they're actually putting in valuable like cards that people want to see in these decks, synergies that make sense rather than just cards that are being flung about. Yeah, I, I think it looks like they're paying attention to every card in the deck list instead of being like, all right, this is the commander, here's some synergy cards, here's some new cards, here's your mana base, and then here are 40 or 50 filler cards that are just happen to be in that color wheel right. and are available to reprint and aren't going to affect value. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and it's like uh, for the longest time, for no reason, we were getting Zatalpa, the whatever, 4-8 double strike, flying, indestructible, vigilant dinosaur goaded every deck that has had white in it yeah it had to be a top end it was the top end yeah i I think they were not i think there might have been a fundamental like misunderstanding of the format in like the way they were designing the decks because they were thinking about like almost like like a limited format like hey you got to just have some beaters and those beaters can be right you know battle cruiser cmc and you know well, it really comes down to it. Like when we're our decks are fine tuned, we don't have a single free slot to just have a beater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a difference between like absolutely fine tuned, competitive, or whatever, and like just 
optimized in a way. Yeah, I just I think, even when we, we, we sorry when you, we play casually, oh, all yeah. of our stuff is optimized. You want the right? cards to be in there for a reason. We still like, look at all yeah, our lists yeah. and make sure everything is right. Yeah, I think they're they're finally understanding what they've created, mm-hmm. which is like anyone who is devoted to this game is not going to just buy this precon, open it, and then set it aside and be happy. They're going to toy with your other products. They're going to build a, like a deck out of it if they enjoyed the experience. So now they're like, hey, you don't have to quite go as far to make this like optimized. We're we're actually helping you. Totally. You know, yeah, it's like a few cards in this deck will mm-hmm. any of these decks will be like humming. Yeah, and there is like a market where they could just be like, hey, if you just want to buy this one, hey, we printed this really cool legendary creature. You want to build a deck out of it? Here you go. But it's like they're actually, you could have done that. Secret but layer. Yeah, right? Instead, they're just like, nope. These are like all these cards that are going to go in there have synergy mechanics, blah, this, blah, that, blah, that. A lot of the, thought and like a lot of like flavor and fun mechanics are coming out from Yeah. Them. And the new cards to actually for like the dinosaur one to cycle back to Enrage, which I never thought would rear its head again. Right. I ne- I, I was just like, well, that's just the mechanic that's dead now. They're not even going to bring it back for caverns, but they did. You right. Know, and and like there's like better. so many cards that like this all of a sudden have a place and a home and a commander to lead it that actually makes it fun and exciting and like yeah. actually viable too. The game is better for having these precons. And I'll say that like it the way it seems is that we're on the right trajectory for getting uh well as long as we stay vocal and don't get complacent um for getting like actual mana bases put in. That's my only complaint. Yeah, get a shock land in there occasionally. Would be. Yeah. yeah. Um, or do a premium version, like, you know, 75 bucks and you get the shock land. Well, I, I think what you do see, though, at least is you not necessarily relating to the mana base, but like you see them printing cards that are naturally synergistic with the commander precons in the main deck. Like that still work in every format. But then, you know, you mentioned a couple cards, like what was that one Merfolk that you mentioned, where it's like, hey, you're going to be also getting packs of this set. Right. And here, here's good cards. Oh, right. Right. The best Merfolk. These decks. Yeah. The best Merfolk card oh, right. in the set is not in the Merfolk precon. It's yeah. in the main set. Totally. And um, it, the way they move forward with this, I would even be comfortable with them identifying the to- like or the staples in every single deck like you know like every they've obviously identified soul ring and arcane signet as those cards but i feel like there are a few more artifacts out there that you could like splash in and say like hey these are staples now i mean you take it out if you want you don't automatically get the signets or the talismans right that's true which honestly i think more often than that you should you should unless you're green and you just get fellow stone all the time or elves and like dorks get printed like you know Mm a ton more because you know the green gets supported a little bit because yeah because that actually like stifles the dinosaur deck a little bit by not having like any devoted uh, just generic just hit your like dorks yeah it relies on ramp in a deck that wants creatures yeah it doesn't make sense unless you like playing cultivate on turn two three and four like yeah sorry but ramp spells not But that being said, these decks are not more than 10 cards away from being optimized. Yeah, 100%. And not not expensive cards, too. Yep. Yeah. So, right path. These decks, I think uh, my favorite one out of all of them, like I said, I think the Merfolk one is going to be like the one that I'm like, you know what? This actually is really good and really fun. So, um, that's one. If I was to go pick one up, I'd probably pick that one. What about you, Chris? Uh, I think they all have enough synergy that, like, do you like dinosaurs? Do you like vampires? Do you like merfolk? Or do you like, what's the one I didn't name? Pirates? Vampires. Pirates. Vampires. Yeah. Like, you know, if what's your out of those four types of things? Choose one of them. They're all going to play really well, all going to play really synergistically, and you will be rewarded uh, for playing the game uh, in a way that you like to play it. 
Yeah, honestly, you can still win. You know, these look so fun that I actually might just buy all four because they're at a very reasonable price point. One hundred sixty bucks for all four right now seems very good. You know, there have been like sets of commander decks where they've dropped them in like multi, like fives and whatever, and that honestly, like for the flavor of like Strixhaven, that made sense. There's five (coughs) tools of magic. Yeah, Yeah, you know, for this, I feel like they should just go full steam ahead and make a battle box and just like say like, hey, you can buy them individually or you can buy this this box take mm-hmm. it to the table and it's de- they're all designed to play against each other and then maybe even like, like a premium, premium card that yeah like pokemon style where you get the few like single cards or yeah. whatever or you they, get like they, deck boxes designed around those decks right? they've, they've gone into special editions of each set and repackaging different types of things so maybe that's the next step instead of the four pack of the commander decks then in the holiday season you have the special edition of those commander decks it's be a, which are upgraded premium pre-cons you know totally like yeah, imagine great like, gifts yeah like yeah. when a, an expensive card gets printed in the first printing of like a pre deck like dockside or black market connections could you imagine then and like later that year you know you're getting a reprint of that deck with a premium version yeah i, yeah. I mean that's great i'm shocked that they didn't actually pull the trigger on that for the lord of the rings stuff with like totally, as yeah. big of a push that they're doing for that as good as those pre-cons were from lord of the rings like why not test the market there like hey in the holiday season we have two new upgraded pre-cons like you know you have your your upgraded Sauron precon with yeah. the good Sauron and you have yeah. your upgraded Sam and Frodo or whatever you want to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Still room to grow, but I definitely think they've made a lot of progress from definitely back in the day when we were looking at these pre-contexts. <laughs> well, well, yeah. well, yeah. I mean, I pulled the trigger on pre-ordering, even just seeing the commanders pre-ordering all the Fallout decks. And that's like, you know, I like that IP, but also I have confidence that those decks are going to be pretty fun. 100%, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of new blood in our, like, magic group. A lot of new new cards, a lot of new decks coming up, which I'm excited about. While it can all be overwhelming, there is, like, True. that silver lining where it's like, you're going to show up to the table and you're going to have a new experience pretty much every single time uh not so much to be said about every single cdh table you turn out to very rarely does the the meta turn and uh as much as the casual scene but uh yeah it's it's very exciting to yeah basically go in i think uh the last couple times i've been to mox and sitting and playing casual magic i haven't played against a commander that i'm familiar with yet so like i'm playing my decks or whatever, and then everyone else is playing stuff I've never seen. Yeah, it's kind of great, honestly. Yeah, like a, it's a fun spot to be again. Um, and I'm excited to kind of cycle back and do a little more casual magic. Like, uh, this Carmen deck looks really cool. The uh, five color sack of permanent, get a counter. Yeah, yeah, that one, that yeah. one sounds rad. And I, I do kind of want to play this uh, way to trainer one, the rage one, but more to focus on, like, I think, like some of these stuffy doll kind of mechanics. I, I love uh, Chandra's Incinerator as a card. So I, I'm always, <laughs> yeah, trying, yeah, always trying to find a home there. And <laughs> yeah. I think, I think this is going to be an awesome spot for Chandra's Incinerator, honestly. Yeah. I think uh, we'll have to have a conversation about all these Jurassic Park cards coming out because they're all really spicy too. Oh yeah, there's tons of gas coming out for yeah. sure. We'll do a set of review on it. Um, but I, yeah, like you said, I think we're wrapping up. This has been another episode of the Mock Stars podcast. If you would like to support the show, you can do so by subscribing to us on YouTube, hitting that thumbs up, and ringing that bell for more notifications. Finding us on all major podcasting platforms. Make sure you give us a five star review because we are super cool. Not only do we look super cool when you see us in person, whoa, but we are super cool. You can also support us on Patreon by becoming for three dollars a month. You can join our supporter role and become an official Pepperhead. Get access to those two private channels, help contribute to the content creation, and also get access to the Doctor Pepper channel. Shout out to all my peaheads out there. <laughs> 
New ones, new up. <laughs> right. So we're not saying that again. <laughs> Just wanted to test it out. Oh, uh, yeah. No? yeah. Okay. Hey, you fine. tested it. Yeah. All, right. all right, fine. All right, all you pepperheads out there, good night. Bye.